0: if you've been with us, we've been doing a series on following Jesus. And we've discovered a few things. Everyone's invited to follow Jesus. That's a good thing. Sinners and doubters. Uh, Everyone's invited to a relationship with God. Sinners and those who doubt. Being a sinner is a prerequisite. You need to be a sinner. You have to be a sinner. And having doubts... Is also a prerequisite. As we saw, some of his apostles were doubting. It's okay to doubt. That's part of the process of trying to figure out how to follow Jesus. Following Jesus results in an overwhelming faith that conquers our fears. Remember that lesson? We covered that. Also, you have to dress like a follower. You've got to put on your humility clothes, right? Your compassionate clothes. Remember, bowels of compassion. We have to really dress up. Spiritually. And last week, we learned about following Jesus will cost you something. Okay? So today, I want to talk about what is the other option? What is the other option? The only option is to unfollow Jesus. Okay? That's what we're going to talk about today. It really brings forth a very powerful question that will recenter us more times than we'd like to admit and in the story of Jesus is tracked down. He feeds 5,000 people. These same people, they track Him back down. They want to see another miracle. Uh, they want another sign. They're trying to trick Him into feeding them again. And He tells them that real food is nothing compared to what He's offering through His teaching. And He claims to be the bread of life, as we saw earlier, that He came down from heaven. But the people are following Jesus right now. They're so literally literal-minded. They go, wait a minute. I can't follow that analogy. We know your parents. How can you come down from heaven? You didn't come down from heaven. And then it it gets really, really crazy. So this this is what he says. Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? How can he say that to us? And just a few verses down, it says... Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. When Jesus says those words, things get crazy. Because they saw his mom and dad, they know them, some know him. And he's saying, "I came down from heaven," and then he says, "Eat my flesh and drink my blood." That's why doubting is a prerequisite. Because I'm like, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm hearing it two thousand years later. I have I have theologians that have you know interpreted that passage many times. I have a lot of insecurity that I know what he's talking about. He's talking about spiritual food and spiritual life. I get that 2,000 years later. But at that time, can you imagine what they're thinking, going, wait a minute, that is absurd. I'm not going to eat you. I'm not going to drink your blood. The Romans do that. I'm not doing that. See, we have the benefit going... Those dumb Jewish people, don't they know it's spiritual life? But imagine if you're in their shoes, hearing this for the first time, you're going, that's nuts. That's absolutely crazy. And so, what happens is, it's so crazy that the crowd starts to leave. And that makes the twelve apostles a bit nervous. They've been rock stars up until this point. Every time they go into it, yeah, I'm with Jesus. And now, after this feeding frenzy, you know, the, the crowd gathers, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he, they try to make him king, but he refuses. And the moment they arrive to this place, Jesus says that, which is crazy. And then He says, on hearing this, many of His disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? What are they, what are they, what are they processing? Eat my blood. Eat my flesh. Jesus, that's a little hard. Who can accept this? You can, can you imagine James and John going to Jesus? They'll go, hey Matthew, tell a few tax collector jokes what, for a second. We're going to talk to Jesus on the side. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, can we do something on prayer? Or maybe about heaven? Because maybe one you're confusing parables... That's all better than saying that. Why would you say that to the crowd that's following us? Remember, we are so unlike Jesus. If we get a crowd of 300 in this building, one, we can barely fit them, but I wouldn't be saying, drink my blood and eat my flesh. I would not be saying those words. I'd be saying like, hey, it's great to have you here. Build some friendships. But Jesus is trying to get a message across to them that's very, very important. And Jesus, being aware that His disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus says to them, Does this offend you? Mm -hmm. Do some of the teachings of Jesus offend you? For women, does, does being called to be modest offend you? Brothers, to be real and vulnerable with your feelings, does that offend you? Sometimes we can get offend, be offended by that teaching. I'm a private person, right? There are some teachings that Jesus has that are sometimes embarrassing and offensive to some of us. And then He says this to all of us. Then what if you would see the Son of Man ascend... To where it was before. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you are full of spirits and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them And from this time on the disciples turned their backs and no longer followed him What's the cultural comparison They were thinking about that There you know He was an awesome Facebook friend I just don't like the selfies. Yes, Steve I just tired of Steve Burns' selfies, so I'm going like, I was thinking about unfollowing him. Now, I can use the nice way I can kind of be his friend, but don't get his feeds. Or I can blatantly just unfriend him and he'll know. That's kind of rude. So I give you the unfollow option. We're still friends. Like, I still come up as your friend, but you don't know that I just unfollowed you. Sometimes we can be that way with Jesus. We want to be somewhat associated with Jesus. I believe in Jesus, but we don't really want to follow Jesus. When something challenges us to change, so we choose the unfollow. I believe, but I don't really follow. If you ask me, do I live in God? Absolutely. Do I follow his teachings? I don't really think so. But I'm a believer. And sometimes we do that with, our God, with God. We have this relationship with God. Where I believe, but yet I do not follow. So I use Steve Burns because, you know, Steve Burns can take anything. He's like Teflon. Nothing really bothers Steve. So it's great to have, have him up. I didn't even ask his permission until after the fact I made it. So thank you, Steve, for being a good sport. I pressed cancel, just so you know. I pressed cancel. You're still my friend. I can still see you're awesome... Awesome. And to your credit, you really have never done a selfie to your credit. So that was really awesome. (laughs) Things are about to get hard for the followers of Jesus, and they're starting to unfollow. And the word on the street is that I mean, Jesus just lost his mind. Eat my flesh? Cannibalism? Drink my blood? Are you crazy? The only thing that kept the Pharisees at bay from getting at Jesus was the crowd. The crowd loved Him. So they kept the Pharisees at bay. Now they're losing the crowd. Now the Pharisees have more of an opportunity to seize Jesus. So the apostles are like a little bit, they're getting sketched right now. They're like, what's going on? And then he says this, You do not want to leave too, do you? He asked the twelve. And you've been there. If you decided to follow Jesus, you've been here. You've been in this place. where you're making the choice whether should I unfollow or not. Because sometimes following becomes an inconvenience. Sometimes it becomes embarrassing. And sometimes it becomes costly. Maybe you're missing out on opportunities. Because you're a Christian and you wonder if you weren't a Christian... You wouldn't feel this awkward at times. You wouldn't feel left out at times if you weren't a Christian. Maybe you're tired of being left out. Maybe you don't really see any good coming from following Jesus. Maybe you're single and you're going, man, I have to marry a Christian? Some slum pickings. Hard. But thank goodness our church is all connected, and there are a lot of people to connect to. I don't know if you know this, but our church has a dating service online with people from our churches, and different churches can connect, you know, just like the world does, but we can make sure that you're connecting with a real Christian. That's not that cool? Wow. Even though you're in a small church, and you're like, you know, you look around and going, there's just three of us. <laughs> You have access to a worldwide dating service that the church has provided. It's called Heart, Heart Soul, and Mind. D, DT. It's amazing. Maybe because you're so honest, it keeps you from being promoted. Because you're just honest. You're not trying to manipulate a situation to your benefit, and you're just being honest. And maybe you, you don't get looked at and promoted. You're not stealing other people's work. Maybe you're in sales, and you're just honest about your products. It's okay, it's decent. Instead of overselling it like it's better than the competitor, and you know it's not. Maybe sometimes you're just too honest. And you lose some business. You know, whenever I read this story, I think about my moment. Where I was like, should I unfollow? Because I was when I first became a Christian, I was being left out of... My friends stopped calling me to go out. I didn't get invited to, to, to parties anymore. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go invite myself over there because... I'm a Christian, and I'm going to help them. And I went over there, I hung out my friends, I brought no other Christian with me. I was a, a solo, a solo mission. and the more I was around them, guess what happened? You would think the more I was like stronger, yes, I'm, dude. there's a difference. No, actually, I started becoming like them. It's the weirdest thing yeah. You know, there was no one there to kind of hold me accountable. Like, hey bro, it's, uh, you've already had three. Might want to slow down, Turbo. No one was there. No one was there saying, they weren't going to say anything. So I did it again. And then I did it again. And then I realized who I was becoming. I was becoming like what I used to be. When I told Jesus, I'd say, that's the life I'm leaving. And there I was going back to it. Because I was starting to feel left out. Because I was missing out on things. And when you're 22 and in college, your social life's kind of important. So I was like, you know, and I love my campus ministry. They're amazing people. But I always had a hard time relating to them. You know, you know, I had a hard time transferring from, from this kind of environment of my friends to board games and a Bible Devo. It was a little bit of a... It was a, tra- it was a really tough transition for me. I mean, the campus is much more creative now than when I was in it. Campus was pretty much standard brother's house, board games, and chips. And so, I had to make a decision. I wasn't in it for my worldly friends and really, I wasn't in it for the disciples either. I was in it because of God. That's my decision. And once I, once I landed there, I pressed cancel. I so said, I'm following Jesus. And, I hit, and everyone has that moment. Everyone has it. Where you're not sure. Because something just became really, really, really hard in your life. And temptation does that. It's comforting to know that I wasn't the only one, and you're not the only people that experienced that. The apostles experienced it too. That's why this passage means so much. Because they experienced it too. And so Simon Peter responds to Jesus. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? If not you, who? Who? If not this, what? Peter realized what the other disciples overlooked. To walk away from Jesus is to walk towards someone else. That's what I realized. So two things support this. One, Peter says to Jesus, You have, because he goes, where should we go? Then he says, you have the words of eternal life. Nobody else is offering that. I suppose that's what this eat this blood and eat my flesh thing is all about. I guess so. I don't fully understand it, but I I know you have eternal life. And that was really weird what you said to the people, but... But I know you're the way to heaven. I may not understand everything you say, but I know that's true. And sometimes you read the Bible and you're going... That makes no sense to me, but I know that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then he says, "We've come to believe and to know that you are the holy one of God." Yeah, you're confusing, but I know that. Amen. We think you're from God. We seen too much. We know Lazarus was dead for four days. We know that guy was dead. And he came back. We know that. We've seen you heal. We know you are from God. That's what he knew. What would you say? Where would you go if you unfollowed? You would go to someone else. And this happens when we begin to doubt. And three things happen when it can happen to you that creates this kind of situation. One is transition. You move from one church to another. You go from junior high to teens. You go from a teenager to college. You go from no baby to having a baby. All Alright? I'm happy for Josh and Cindy. But as you all know, it's exhausting. If you think they're having four-hour Bible times, you're deceived. Bible, what's that? Bible, what's that? Right? You go from one kid to two? Woo! One to three, whoa, he drank my blood, that's crazy. <laughs> One to four, I was a, I have three brothers. Wow. My poor parents. My dad turned 72 this week, went to his house. And they were the brothers. And now we're all old and mature now, going like, I don't, my mom, I have three birthdays in April. Four in April, my daughter, my mom, my dad, and my little brother. Yeah, I'm broke four and I saw them there and I told my mom in a card, I just realized 42 years later you were awesome I don't know how you did it I don't know how you didn't kill us or drown us we were crazy my dad was gone 16 hours a day we never saw him my mom was with four boys yes You know how she she, she tamed us? She would throw things at us. She literally would throw her shoes. The junkla. She would throw vases. She would throw kids toys. She would throw anything. And she meant business. So when she said something like, oh dang, she'll get us when we sleep. And we figured that one out really early. Because she told us, you're going to go to sleep and that's when I'm going to get you. My mom, I said mom, you you got you nailed it, mom. You know how to do it. I'm going to come down and do a parenting class for us all. <laughs> you know when you go to college, you start rethinking what are, what, are, what Christianity really is. You start seeing women come on to you or boys come on to you in aggressive fashion going, "Wow. They're really cute." <laughs> You become more critical of what you thought you knew, what you thought you think you knew when your parents went to church and took you there for 18 years. It's easy to pick apart a system and you start doing that. Just because God has not answered your prayer doesn't mean He's not there. So don't abandon your roots while you question. Another thing is trouble. When God doesn't seem to be coming through To your aid when you're in trouble. When John the Baptist was arrested and in trouble in prison, guess who did not come to his aid? Jesus, you thought would come to his aid and say, I'm gonna break down the prison. If there's any guy you want in your ministry, it's John the Baptist. You want that guy in your ministry. And he was in prison. And he he starts doubting. Jesus, are you the one that's to come? And then Jesus tells his disciples, you go tell John something. You tell him the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, the gospels being preached. You know what he tells John while he's in prison and about to die? Don't look at your own problems. Look outside. Look what God is doing around the world. Look, look what God's going to do. And then he chopped John's head off. Was God with John? Absolutely did Jesus rescue John? Absolutely not. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. So that one for a while, huh? Why didn't he say, did he love John? Yeah, of course he loved John. He even said this, there are um, am born of women. There is no one greater than John the Baptist. Amen. Yeah, he didn't come to his aid. But John got to go to heaven. Amen. Just wrap your mind around that one. When God's not answering your prayers. You know, when you buried St. Joseph into the ground saying, Sell my house! <laughs> Just remember that one. You're trying to sell a house and make money, John's about to get his head chopped off. Big difference. And then the third one is temptation. When old habits arise. When that old, angry streak comes back. You know, sometimes the anger subsides for five years, then it starts coming back. You get angry once, you're going, oh, people start listening, I feel good. My children obeyed me really fast that time. Hmm, Maybe anger does work. Maybe lust comes back. Maybe, you know, you don't feel like your marriage is romantic anymore. These old temptations come back. These old thoughts come back. You start drifting. And you think about abandoning, unfollowing. That's why it's so important to when you see that passage, it's important that you relate to it. But it's also important that you see understand what Peter said. If not you, who? Where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. What are we going to do? We believe you're from God. There's no doubting that anymore. But transition, trouble, and temptation can rattle us as it rattled them. So, in conclusion, Jesus' words are not always easy to follow. Following Jesus is not always easy. Hmm. But, to whom shall you go? He has the words of eternal life. And you've believed and you've come to know that He is the Holy One of God. If not Jesus, who? If not Christianity, what? Out of all the religious men mankind has ever known in history, because I'm a history channel nerd, I watch other religions on TV because I'm interested and fascinated by other religion. Not one of them ever came back from the dead. Not one of them ever resurrected someone who's been dead for four days back to life. And I saw the series, The Bible, A.D., and they did a very interesting take on the resurrection. How the Romans responded to the the resurrection of Jesus. How the apostles ran back to Galilee. And they kept seeing Jesus in Jerusalem and Galilee. Remember Thomas missed him? I have to touch him. And, And the scriptures teach us that he showed himself not just to them, but to 500 people. A lot of people. It wasn't hidden or a secret. The Roman guards came back to Pilate saying... It was crazy. This dude showed up. He was so white, it blinded us. He rolled the stone back. We ran for our lives. The Roman accounts confirm the resurrection. So if not Jesus, who? If not Christianity, what? So as we're thinking about following Jesus, when it gets hard... And we're looking at our options to unfollow, unfriend. I encourage you to hit cancel and continue your journey all the way to heaven. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. God be the glory. You are dismissed.